Hey Disney fan, have you ever wanted to know how we make the magic? Or maybe what's happening at Disney every single week? Well, have we got the podcast for you. This is D23 Inside Disney. I'm Sherry from Oh My Disney. I'm Jeffrey from D23. I'm Candace from Radio Disney. And we are taking you Inside Disney. Hello, beautiful people. Hello, Hello. beautiful voices. (laughs) Beautiful people I cannot see. Uh, I see you in my mind. I'm using my imagination. Ooh. (laughs) When I picture you guys, we're on Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway in the Daisy like dance party situation. Just so you guys know. (laughs) Yes. So much fun. So much fun. What a dream that was. <laughs> so what have you guys been up to, Sherry? What have you been uh, doing? Well, you know the drill. I've been watching Survivor. <laughs> season 534. <laughs> Basically. I, I get, once again, I'm on a different season than I was last week. But I do want to shout out a fellow Survivor fan who slipped into my DMs last week. Her name is Kelsey. Shout out to Kelsey, who is also watching Kagayan Survivor. Yes, wow. if anyone else out there wants to chat Survivor with me without any spoilers, please don't spoil it for me. You know where to find me. I'm on Instagram. <laughs> Spoiler, amazing. Sherry, someone survives. Oh, <laughs> Candace. No. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I did manage to take a short Survivor break. Watch what? Some- yes. Well, it was like an hour and a half break. I watched something else on Hulu, Run. What? which Ooh. was the thriller that came oh. out this past November. It's not family-friendly exactly, so uh, <laughs> beware. But it's about a homeschooled teen who suspects her mom, Sarah Paulson, is keeping a dark secret from her. And that is all I will what? tell you. So that I, won't Ooh. I love that Sarah Paulson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's so good. Mm-hmm. Coming up on the show, we should mention... John Brecco, who is the Director of Corporate Citizenship for Walt Disney Parks and Resorts, he actually helps oversee the wish-granting program that includes Make-A-Wish. And he's going to talk about some of the work that we have done with Make-A-Wish, as well as some of the incredible wishes we have granted. And speaking of incredible, WandaVision. Every week, I I can't. Like, every week, it just, (laughs) like, Darcy, Jimmy Woo, I can't even, like, my head is ready to explode. And then they released... (laughs) the trailer for the second half of the season and I'm I just can't handle it I'm like all I do is like write hashtag WandaVision and then the emoji head explode on Twitter and everyone knows exactly (laughs) what I mean oh and huge shout out to Jocelyn who's on the D23 team she had another theory for that date on the calendar although of course we all know it was really D23 but (laughs) August 23rd which is the date circled was the date of the Disney Plus presentation at D23 Expo 2019, where they did the first sort of fun trailer for WandaVision. Jocelyn with the spy work. Totally. (laughs) Jocelyn for the win, I think. Although still D23 related. And uh, and, and if you have not already seen the incredible teaser for the 80s and 90s, and Elizabeth Olsen giving us her best Julie Bowen modern family, which is amazing. You've got to catch it. It is on the WandaVision social accounts so cannot wait for more WandaVision. Candace, what have you been up to? You know what? I've been getting into Big Sky on ABC. It's their Tuesday night drama. So I like randomly met Kylie Bunbury, who is the female lead of the show, who is lovely by the way, fantastic actress. But if you guys aren't in on Big Sky, 
I don't want to spoil anything. It is very dramatic. I typically like lean towards like blackish, real comedy, light stuff, but um, such a good show. But shout out to Kylie, who's awesome. <laughs> I, yeah, I love it. Definitely thumbs up for Big Sky. And how fun right? for you. I want to look at you like all. I know. Very fun. Tell, <laughs> tell her we say hi. I will. I will. She probably already knows Jeffrey. No, I, I don't think we've met, but you never know. I'll introduce you guys. <laughs> well, big news today from D23. We just announced the new issue of Disney 23 Magazine. Yay! We'll have, oh, yes, double yay, Raya yay. and the Last Dragon on the cover. It is a gorgeous wraparound cover that is exclusive to D23. The story inside Exclusive interviews with Kelly Marie Tran, Aquafina. The story's great. I got, got a chance to read it a while ago when we were putting the magazine together. It is fantastic. We also announced that there's going to be a limited edition print inside the magazine's this gorgeous concept art of Raya created by Disney animator and artist Paul Felix. So D23 Gold members will be able to purchase a copy of the print limited edition 500 on Shop Disney. And there's great interviews, exclusive interviews with Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan talking about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which is coming to Disney Plus in March. Brian Henson talking about the incredible relationship between Jim Henson's creations and Disney. It's amazing. I had the chance to talk to my pal, John Stamos, about his new Disney Plus series, Big Shot, <laughs> as pal. well as his... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and his love of uh, Disney bounding. So much more. Ron Howard, D. Bradley Baker. It's Joe Rohde. It, there's so much great stuff coming in the new issue of Disney 23. You can go to d23.com to read all about the new issue. Wow. Very cool. Very cool. Jam-packed. Well, let's get to some food news. The mm. fabulous Kiki Palmer is going to host and executive produce the Disney Plus unscripted food competition series called Foodtastic. Mm. In it, Sounds three tasty. teams. <laughs> yes, a feast for the eyes. Three teams of contestants are going to be challenged to create whimsical, larger than life, Disney inspired works of art made out of all kinds of food, including cheese butter and less important to me fruits and vegetables (laughs) (laughs) what's cool about this show is it'll be judged purely on design technical skills and narrative not by taste so pile on the butter pile on the cheese this is a show i could win Oh my gosh, sign me up, Kiki. (laughs) Same. And unused food from each competition is going to be donated to local food banks, which is also super cool. Nice. Uh. The 11-episode series just started production, and it's slated to premiere on Disney Plus later this year. Love that. So exciting. Well, guys, let's talk a little sports. As someone who has been told they're too small and too slow to play certain sports, basketball, (laughs) this one hits home. The Mighty Ducks Game Changers is coming to Disney Plus on Friday, March 26th. And they dropped a new trailer. I don't know if you guys saw it. It looks Mm -hmm. so good. It's been almost 30 years since the original film. This show is starring Lauren Graham and Emilio Estevez. He's back in the iconic role he played before, legendary coach Gordon Bombay. We're going to get 10 episodes this season. It's set in present-day Minnesota. I mean, you'll basically see the Mighty Ducks evolving from these scrappy underdogs 
to an ultra competitive powerhouse youth hockey team. And you'll see Evan Morrow. He's a 12 year old character in the show. He gets caught from the ducks. And then he and his mom, Alex, kind of try to build their own team of misfits to really play the game for the love of the game. And that's mm. it. So it's going to be so good, guys. The series debuts Friday, March 26th again. If you guys want to see the new trailer, it's available now at the Disney Plus YouTube page. But I cannot wait for this. Were you guys into the Mighty Ducks? Yes. Yeah, my brother is and I watched it all the time growing up. So I am excited to yeah. see this. Me too. Me too. Well, there's something new and exciting coming to Disney Channel per usual. This time it is a live action superhero comedy series with a predominantly Latinx main cast and production team, which is so cool. It's called Ultraviolet and Blue Demon. So it's going to be starring legendary luchador and professional wrestler Blue Demon Jr. He's playing a version of himself alongside popular Disney Channel star Scarlett Estevez. So basically, I don't know how much you guys know about wrestling and the culture of all of this, but there's a magical luchador mask which selects 13-year-old Violet to become Ultra, the superhero successor to her uncle, who is the famous Mexican wrestler, Blue Demon Jr. He's also a superhero in disguise, guys. So mm. Ultra is going to begin her own secret superhero training with her uncle, all while dealing with the ups and downs of middle school. And uh, they'll start to work together. And Uncle Blue may realize he can learn a few things from Ultra's modern Gen Z take on crime fighting. But this is going to be such a good series and so inclusive. I love uh, everything it's about. So looking yeah. forward to that, that uh, soon on Disney Channel. Yeah. Cool. Well, we are sadly saying bala lullaby to Big Hero oh. 6, the series. Yeah, it's concluding after three awesome seasons. In the series finale, all types of shenanigans ensue. <laughs> in the first half of the series finale, Alistair Cray enlists the team to help launch his latest invention, which I am into, a karaoke machine. <laughs> and in the second half, they decide to add a new member to their family, and Hero sees it as an opportunity to defeat them once and for all. So don't miss the series finale on Monday, February 15th at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. There will be new episodes leading up to the finale premiering every Monday at the same time, 7.30 p.m. on Disney XD and in Disney Now. And the series is going to continue to air on Disney channels around the world. And the first two seasons are now available on Disney Plus. So we're really not saying bye at all. <laughs> well, okay. and, and certainly people can listen to our chat with the fabulous Jamie Chung back in October yeah. talking about the show. She was yeah. amazing. And the show will continue to live on because Baymax, the series, is going to be yes. coming to Disney Plus in, oh uh, I think they said, 2022. So we will continue to la 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 la. I don't, how many laws are there? La, 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 la. Four? I don't, I don't, I I don't know. I counted four, but... Okay. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> okay, bittersweet news, guys. The Bold Type is back on Freeform for a fifth and final season. Season five of the show, we're going to see Scarlet Magazine's Cat Jane, and Sutton on the brink of defining who they are and how best to leave their mark on the world. 
The farewell episodes are going to be airing later this year, but we did get a video announcement from the cast. If you guys didn't see it, it's up on Freeform's YouTube page. But congrats to them on such an incredible five seasons. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, in Parks news, fresh new details have been announced or sprouted, if you will, for oh. the text of Epcot International Flowering Garden Festival, which is coming March 3rd. So mm. we found out some more details about the topiaries. Remy's oh. making a comeback. There'll be yes. Tinkerbell. There'll be Lady and the Tramp. And Sorcerer Mickey will be at the park's reimagined main entrance. In addition to the topiaries, a.k.a. photo ops, a.k.a. just stand there (laughs) and in awe of the amazing work that the team does, (laughs) there will be 20 different garden areas all across Epcot and more than 20 outdoor kitchens to choose from. And Jeffrey, you're going to like this live music (laughs) from Voices of Liberty, (laughs) among other talented folks. And... There will be all kinds of merch featuring Orange Bird, Figment, all the hits. <laughs> so if you're at Walt Disney World, the Taste of Epcot International Flower and Garden Festival is available with valid admission and a park reservation for the same date. Very cool. I'm always like half a mouse click away from booking my next trip. So. <laughs> but uh, on this coast at Disneyland, downtown Disney, all the restaurants are reopening or have reopened. Um, this weekend, I'm heading down Yay. there. Woo-hoo! Doing a little outdoor dining. This weekend, along with the already now open Naples Uva Bar, Ralph Renna's Jazz Kitchen, Tortilla Joe's, and Black Tap, Carthay Circle Lounge, Smoke Jumpers Grill, and Award Wieners are all opening this weekend. I may go and sample from all of them. Actually, I'm going to be trying to get a Carthay reservation. Um, and people kept going, because I was so excited, I got my reservations from Naples, and they're like, oh, it's because you have an inn. And I'm like, no, it's because I refresh the app like a crazy person. That's really where that is coming from. So there there you go. There's my, there's my deep secret. I use my great connections with my app. <laughs> Your great internet connection. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And also uh, the Star Wars trading post, they had had it at the Wonderground Gallery, which is going to be reopening, which is very cool. And the Star Wars trading post is going to be opening February 19th at the space that used to house Rainforest Cafe. So that's going to have tons of incredible Star Wars merchandise, including some very fun child inspired streetwear and more fun stuff from The Mandalorian. So. Nice. Very fun Ooh. stuff. You can visit Disneyland.com slash DTD, Downtown Disney, for more information. And now it is time. For what? For... Oh, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> it's time for five fantastic things to watch this weekend, courtesy of our friends Yay! at D23, Woo-hoo! the Disney fan club. For complete details, visit D23.com. Sherry, what's up first? First up, Jeffrey, we've got Disney My Music Story Yoshiki. It's a documentary that premieres on Disney Plus on Friday, February 5th. It's a Disney Plus original about internationally renowned rock star Yoshiki, who performs reimagined versions of two Disney hits, Let It Go from Frozen and Can You Feel the Love Tonight from The Lion King, along with his own compositions. So I'm excited to see and hear this. Nice, nice. Well, also on Friday, just sticking with my passion of the moment, WandaVision, I I watched episode four (laughs) twice, so I am sure I'm going to probably watch episode five at least two or three times this weekend. Cannot wait. 
Well, we're celebrating the 17th anniversary of the release of Miracle, guys. It's on Disney+, Plus, so if you want to celebrate this weekend and watch it, it stars Disney legend Kurt Russell. He plays Olympic hockey coach Herb Brooks with uh, an impossible dream in this movie, beat the seemingly unbeatable Soviets at their own game, and of course in the process, uniting a nation with a new feeling of hope. But this one is so incredible. But I can't believe it's been 17 years, guys. I need to watch it again on Disney Plus this weekend. Mm -hmm. Wow. There's nothing Kurt Russell can't do. Right? (laughs) Legend. Well, I've got another episode of Heartland Docs DVM. Yes. Here we go. What's happening? What's happening? Strap in. So... New episode, Saturday at 10 p.m. Eastern on Nat Geo Wild. Here's the title. You've got to be kidding me. Uh. (laughs) No voice to men song for that one this week. Darn it. So, of course, these Schroeders have some critical cases coming into the clinic. (laughs) First of all. Critical clinic cases, say that. Yes. (laughs) Ten times that. First of all, they have to perform an emergency C-section on a cat who has been in labor for two days. Oh, oh. There. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my Poor gosh! Cat. You've been a cat. I have been a cat. Yep. <laughs> And then there's a poor horse with a lacerated leg that requires some creative care. And then, okay, I don't know what this means, but there's also a rock and roll goat in this episode. I have no further detail on that. I prefer a disco goat, but yeah. (laughs) But speaking of Heartland Docs, got to give a shout out to Jason Red, who. Yes. (laughs) Oh, Jason, your posts on social last week taking. Sherry's magical moment from Heartland Docs. <laughs> immortalizing it forever. Thank you. Thank you for that. If you have not seen this, just search hashtag D23 Inside Disney and yes. it should pop up. Love it. <laughs> oh, and, and last but certainly not least, on Sunday the 7th, it is the 81st anniversary of the premiere of Pinocchio at the Center wow. Theater. So, wow. So we suggest that that be a great time to curl up with some popcorn and a loved one and watch that timeless, beautiful, beautiful movie. And maybe we'll all get to become real one of these days. (laughs) Well, on to our guest. For four decades, Disney has partnered with Make-A-Wish to make kids' dreams come true. From our parks to our TV shows, from ESPN to our animation studios, Disney has granted more than 140,000 wishes with Make-A-Wish. We want to hear a little bit more about how Disney brings these magical experiences to life. So today we are happy to have with us Director of Disney Parks Experiences and Products Corporate Citizenship, John Breckow. Woohoo! Yay! Yay! Welcome! (laughs) Thanks, gang. Yeah. So, John, for people that don't know what citizenship is, can you give them an idea of what all that involves? I, I will admit to you, it's not the greatest title in the world. Over time, corporate citizenship has been called a lot of things. Most people know it by, you know, community relations or philanthropy. We do charitable giving. We do programs for youth development. We do, you know, outreach to communities. It's the part of the company that gets to connect the heart and the soul of our company with our communities around the world. Well, today we want to focus on wish granting since we're celebrating the 40th anniversary of the relationship between Disney and Make-A-Wish. And there's a really great story to how that relationship began. Can you tell us a little bit about that? 
Yeah, so Make-A-Wish was uh, started back in 1980. And one of the most amazing things that I just, I love about our company is that we were part of the very first wish that Make-A-Wish ever granted. So the first official wish child, his name was Bobsy Salazar. And he actually had a wish for three things. He, he wanted to ride on a fire truck and he wanted to ride in a hot air balloon and he wanted to go to Disneyland. So we were one third of the first wish ever granted. And it's really been a match made in heaven since then. You know, our, our relationship with Make-A-Wish is, is extraordinary. You know, since that time, we have accounted for, as you noted, over 140,000 wishes. Mm-hmm. Really amazing. I actually just saw the latest episode of the Wish Effect series with Julius, who wished to visit the set of Blackish. I'm a huge fan of the show myself. So it was really cool to see him get the opportunity to experience that. So can you talk a little bit about the Wish Effect series? Absolutely. Yeah, we love the Wish Effect. This has been a product of two things here at Disney. One is obviously, you know, with COVID meaning what it is, we have been unable to fulfill wishes in our normal way. You know, we can't bring kids right now to our theme parks in the standard way that we have. And Make-A-Wish has temporarily paused wish granting while we get through the COVID situation. But the Wish Effect was really part of a larger strategy that we've had in partnership with Make-A-Wish for some time now, which is you know, these, these wish kids are amazing, you know, and every one of their stories is, is unique and incredible. But what we wanted to do was continue to remind people that there's a whole story of what happens to wish kids after their wish. You know, there's a big misconception and, and something that we've actually had a challenge with even at Disney trying to reverse the belief on, which is that all wish kids are not terminal. It sounds like a weird thing to say, but a lot of people unfortunately have the misperception that a wish is sort of like a moment at the end of life. So the wish effect was really one of the steps that we've been taking as a company to really highlight life beyond the wish, like what happens after the wish. And this has been a real pleasure for us because we hear these amazing wishes as they happen, meet these amazing kids and you think, well, now what? And I think what really is powerful for us is that it shows how, how really transformational wishes can be in the lives of children. And in fact, Make-A-Wish themselves have done a considerable amount of research talking about the you know, the psychological and the emotional impact and the benefits, frankly, of a wish and, ha- and how these kids, sometimes, you know, their health rallies following a wish and, and they go on to, to have amazing lives and do amazing things. So we've loved this series for that reason. And frankly, it's just for us, it's fun to catch up on some of these wish stories. Yeah. They're all amazing stories, but some of these are just like, oh, you fall in love with these kids. Hmm. That's amazing. And, and for anyone who wants to see some of those videos, you can just go to the WaltDisneyCompany.com and see the Wish Effect videos. John, I think a lot of us associate Make-A-Wish, and, and you mentioned this earlier, with the Disney parks, but I feel like every part of the company has been a part of wish granting. Can you talk a little bit about that? It's a great point. You know, wish granting is truly company-wide at Disney. Obviously, I'm partial to the Disney parks experiences and consumer products because that's where I make my home, but the whole company unifies in granting wishes from our studios and meeting talent or, you know, inviting wish kids to red carpet events to, you know, ESPN and our friends up there that do these amazing, you know, the My Wish series or meet and greets with athletes or on-air talent, you know, to our ABC stations where they do on-set visits. It's it's amazing to see how much of the company um, is invested in wish granting, you know, right up to and including Bob Chapik. Uh, is on the board of directors of Make-A-Wish America. And, uh, you know, I was actually there when he presented the 40th plan last year to Make-A-Wish. And it was just amazing to see how, how you know, this is a really a personal passion area for him as well. 
So yeah, I mean, it's, it is fair to say that wish granting is truly, it, it transcends the entire Walt Disney company. Mm. Wow. Well, like you said earlier, every single wish has a lasting impact for the recipient. And like we've said, there have been more than 140,000 wishes that Disney has granted with Make-A-Wish. But is there one wish or one experience that has really stood out to you? Oh, boy. Yeah, there are. there's almost too many to count that we've gotten yeah. to experience. Strangely enough, since COVID, we've been granting wishes in really unusual ways. Zoom calls with kids. We've done a lot of fun little magical moments. The one that really sticks out, ironically, just happened a few months ago. It was a young girl named Maria who was in, uh, lives in Phoenix, and her wish was to meet Belle. But the trick was is that Maria is Spanish-speaking, so she, she is a native Spanish speaker. You know, As you guys know, our princesses you know, usually speak English in our parks here in the U.S., so we worked with our creative entertainment team, and really just a lot of people activated against this to say... She, she can't come to the park because it's, you know, we're not doing in-park wishes right now and we need to find a Spanish-speaking bell. And so uh, amazingly enough, out at Walt Disney World, one of our amazing uh, character talents was a Spanish speaker. Hmm. And so she recorded this just absolutely gorgeous recorded video that they then, they then zoomed to Maria during a party that she had at her house. The entire wish start to finish was conducted in Spanish including Belle wow. reading a custom story to her. So our entertainment team also wrote this beautiful story wow. of Maria, connected the whole thing in Spanish. And I think it really represented too that wonderful, you know, the inclusiveness that we do really push for at Disney. She grew up watching her favorite Disney stories in Spanish. So for her, it wasn't unusual for her to ask for to meet, a, you know, a princess in Spanish. That's what she was most familiar with. Um, so we look back on it and think, oh my gosh, that was such a big deal. But for her, it was just speaking to her, you know, in the way that she was comfortable. I, th I think the response that we saw to that was just staggering, really. It was beautiful. Wow. Aww. Is there a wish that was just so big, you didn't even think Disney could make it happen, and then we did? It's not so much that they're so big and so complicated, because most wish kids will wish for, you know, I want to go to Disney, a Disney park and meet Darth Vader. I want to go to a Disney park and dance with Mickey. You know, we've certainly had our fair share of, of amazing wishes that were Anytime you think, you know, oh my gosh, how are we going to pull this off? We always find a way to. They just, you know, when you've done as many wishes as we have, I would say they, they reach a, you kind of reach to a point where it's, you know, the amazing starts to feel pretty normal, which is kind of funny to say. The one thing, and we don't talk about this a lot, so this is a just a secret between us and your, your D23 uh, listeners, but, you know, we also grant a number of what we call rush wishes. And, you know, these situations are when a child is at end of life. And we're just down to a very short amount of time to grant the wish and to make it and to fulfill it. We don't go into a lot of detail about them because, again, these aren't our stories to share. We really let the family share them. But during COVID, we've granted something around 15 or 16 of these wishes, which are very unfortunate, very sad. But, again, become so meaningful for these families when you can record a message from Mickey to a child who was at end of life. And, and you know, for the family, Rhett Iwan, who is the amazing voice of Mickey Mouse, has recorded a number of incredible messages to wish kids who are in that situation over the course of COVID. So generous with his time. And just these messages mean so much to these families. And we, we usually get these notes back from these families saying, you know, this is something that will honor our child's memory forever. We're going to keep this with us. Thank you. You know, just unbelievable stories of how for us, a Disney experience is, is a wonderful part of our day. We love it. It's, it's so important. And then you take it to a wish child and their family. And it just becomes something so much more meaningful. It's so much bigger than just, 
you know, a day at the park, which we all love. But, you know, when you think about a child who's going through what these children go through between their medical treatments and their, you know, testing and, and rehab, just all that they go through that are not letting them be children, to have a chance to be at a Disney park, on a Disney cruise ship, meeting Disney talent, it's truly life-altering. And again, we take it for granted because for us, it just feels so normal to do that. And you think, imagine what it's like when it means so much more to you. Hmm. Hmm. I get choked up talking about it because it's just, it's, it, it is something that's very powerful about the jobs we have and the company we work for and just what it means to have a Disney experience. Hmm. Part of what you also do is you work on some of the campaigns around products that benefit Make-A-Wish. I love a good set of mouse ears. I actually bought the Wishes Come True, a blue color collection mouse ear band. Can you talk a little bit about that collection and what was so unique about it? Oh, absolutely. The product collection was really the culmination of a, a real effort by Disney that I was so happy to be a part of where we, we began talking more openly about our wish ranting. You mentioned we've been partners for 40 years with Make-A-Wish, but you know, for the vast majority of that time, we really didn't talk a lot about our wish granting you know, for a variety of reasons, you know, most of which was we, we felt they were private experiences. But it, it just seems like the world has been so in love with these wish stories. So a couple of years ago, we had started by doing a campaign called Share Your Ears. It was a hashtag campaign. We weren't sure if it was going to be a big thing or not. If you recall, if you shared either your, yourself wearing a pair of Mickey Mouse ears or even fake ears, you know, two plates behind your head or two oranges on your head. And then with the hashtag, we gave $5 to make a wish. And it just went bananas. I mean, it, we had millions of people that shared their ears and the, and the comments and everything else told us that we'd really hit a nerve with folks who saw this as not just something that we look, look at and say, oh yeah, we just do this. They looked at it and said, oh, this is amazing. This is really great that you, you know, how, how wonderful. And oh my, I, you know, I had a friend whose neighbor had blah, blah, blah. And it was very edifying. So that let us know that our guests and our fans really did want to be a part of this experience with us. They wanted to be a part of our journey in wish granting. And so about a year ago, we had started looking at product lines for, you know, what we call cause marketing, which is when you partnering with a nonprofit to put something up for sale. And then part of the proceeds goes to the nonprofit. And then along comes COVID and of course, everything changed. So what we ended up doing was putting these three distinct product lines that we've been working on for some time into the holiday season at the end of 2020. And as you know, Jeffrey, the first of them was a color collection in the same league as our Bell of the Ball Bronze or Arendelle Aqua. We had reached out to our product teams probably a year ago and said, you know, we're heading into Make-A-Wish's 40th. We would love to do a color collection. Is there any way you would do a collaboration with us around, around Make-A-Wish? And, you know, could we even use the wish terminology? And they said, absolutely. Because one thing you'll find out about wish granting at Disney is that as soon as you say wish, everybody just goes, that's like, yes, the answer is yes. What's, what's the question? You know, just, yes, yes, yes. Beautiful, beautiful. And so they said, well, funny enough, we have a blue color coming out at the end of the year and it features Mickey and it was beautiful. And we looked at it and we said the actual Pantone color, the actual PMS color was so close to Make-A-Wish's actual blue. And we said, could you just tweak that PMS color a little bit and you'd actually have Make-A-Wish's actual blue? And they said, sure. So they tweaked the color and they even said, yeah, we'll call the line, you know, wishes come true blue. And, you know, they gave us this, of course, this incredible assortment of product from ear hats to rolling bags and backpacks and cups and just an incredible collection of things, including 
our first ever headband designed for children who have sensitivities. You know, it's an adjustable headband, so it's a little bit easier on their head. This is the first time we ever put that out, and which has come true. Blue featured it, and it was wonderful. The collection just sold like crazy, and we gave 10% of proceeds up to half a million dollars. We hit that mark relatively quickly because the collection just sold like incredible amounts. So again, another kind of fun finding that as people were buying the product, you know, they were commenting not only on how amazing and gorgeous the product was, but the connection back to Make-A-Wish and how they felt like such a part of that, you know, helping to fulfill even more wishes and be a part of Disney's wish granting experience. So it was pretty, pretty amazing, pretty powerful stuff. Wow. Wow. Well, back in November, we released that beautiful animated short about Lola, her granddaughter, and a Mickey Mouse doll. And as a half Filipina with my own Lola, who I adore, that just mm -hmm. really struck a chord with me. So I would mm -hmm. love to hear how that short came about. So that short is actually courtesy of our friends from Europe. Uh, they do an annual holiday campaign every year that usually features some amazing charitable component along with some some content that's just gorgeous. And as you noted, the Lola short was part of their holiday activation. When they were looking for that partnership, they said, you know, well, we've got, you know, it features this incredible antique Mickey doll that's featured throughout this. And, you know, there, there's this beautiful star motif throughout the, if you notice that in the, on the video, mm -hmm. there's just stars are, are kind of this constant motif. And they said, would it be okay if we, you know, associated this with Make-A-Wish in the holiday? And it was funny because at the time we said, yes, it was prior to COVID. And so we didn't have any other products in market. Then COVID came along and suddenly we're doing Wishes Come True Blue in October. We also had our Wishables Aladdin collection, which was launching in December. So we're like, okay, we've got a product in October and a product in December. Hey, what about right between the two of them? We could stick it and have it launch in November. And that's exactly what they did because that's when their Lola spot launched. And it was gorgeous. I mean, that the video views, if you look at the, the number of views they received globally, it was just incredible in the millions. Mm -hmm. And that gorgeous little antique Mickey sold really well. And the same thing, 10% of proceeds went to Make-A-Wish as well. So, you know, a fun example of just like the Wishes Come True Blue and the Aladdin Wishable, this was a global activation, you know, Make-A-Wish is global. So there was just that resonance globally across all three product lines. Mm -hmm. Incredible. Well, we really only touched on one part of your job, but if we were to take a look at the bigger picture, what would you say is the most rewarding part about the work that you do? Honestly, I will tell you that this job is, I, I think it was what I was put on earth to do. I would say what I love about my job, because I really do feel like I have one, you know, have one of the best jobs on the planet is that ability to connect the heart and the spirit of Disney with communities, with kids, with people who love us on a completely different level and for completely different reasons. You know, we do work around youth development. We, you know, we support a number of different focus areas. Children's hospitals is a huge focus for Disney and for, especially for us in the parks. My, my job is, is on a professional level, extremely fulfilling. And on a personal level, it's just, it's, it's frankly all I could ever hope for from a, a, a job and a career. Wow. Well, you've certainly made a lot of memories for some incredible kids. We do end every interview asking the guest, what is your favorite Disney memory? <clears throat> wow. That is a heavy question, Jeffrey. When you work for Disney, you just, you, you rack up the memories and you rack up these amazing moments that you just think, oh my gosh, I'm going to remember this until I'm Till I'm old and gray. This is just, you know, something so amazing is, you know, I could give you a half a dozen moments of what it was like to stand in the surf with Joe Rohde 
at the opening of Aulani and, wow. and hmm. you know, watch the sunrise coming up while we were just sitting there waiting for a, a camera crew to show up or what it was like to open Pandora and be in the same area as James Cameron and just think like, oh my God, that's James Cameron. Wow. The best memory by far would have to be it happened just this past February, and it really was the culmination of this incredible journey of Disney and wish granting, because this has become a personal, a very personal thing for me. Up through the arc of, you know, share your ears one, share your ears two, share your ears three, the product collections, all these wonderful moments, the 40th anniversary. And last year, you know, our incredible partners at our group called Yellow Shoes, which is our internal marketing group at Disney Parks, they produced the spot, the TV spot at the Super Bowl. You know, you've probably all seen the you know, hey, Jeffrey Epstein, you just won the Super Bowl MVP. Where are you going next? And Jeffrey says, I'm going to Disney World. <laughs> they called us up last year and they said, hey, you know, would it be crazy to change the spot this year? You know, we've done this. this the spot's amazing. It still has all this resonance after all these years. Would you be interested in adding a Make-A-Wish element to it? And we're like, um, yes. <laughs> Didn't have to even pause on that one. And it was a this, this this whirlwind experience of you know we actually worked with the NFL who were who were amazing partners as well, and we identified one of the Wish Kids who was at the Super Bowl. So the NFL had brought in about twenty five Wish Kids to attend the Super Bowl, and we actually had one of them right there at the end of the game. His name was Nathaniel. He was this amazing young man from Texas, and he got to be on the, you know, right there in the stadium. And as they were talking to Patrick Mahomes after he, uh, after Kansas City won the game, you know, he, he's saying his line. And then we filmed young Nathaniel saying, you know, and I'm, and I am too. So when the ad actually aired, it was, you know, it was Patrick Mahomes saying, I'm going to Disney World. And then you had Nathaniel saying, and I am too. Watching mm -hmm. Mahomes, and I tell you, I became a lifelong fan of that guy. I'll root for him forever because he was mm -hmm. such, such a huge heart. And we ended up actually bringing up the Wish Kids that attended the, the uh, Super Bowl. We brought them all up to Disney World and let them uh, hang out, you know, in the park for the day. Uh, Nathaniel took part in the parade down Main Street, you know, with Mahomes there and the confetti flying everywhere and everyone was going crazy. Just an extraordinary day. And I was just, I remember just sitting there watching the confetti coming down and just thinking, wow, we have come a long way. Millions and millions of people were watching this and seeing this power of wish granting and Disney and you know, this, this incredibly iconic moment of the Super Bowl, And now we have Make-A-Wish involved in it too. So that was, wow. good. yeah. Well, John, thank you so much for joining us. It was incredible to hear your stories and to hear about the fantastic work that Disney has done and continues to do with Make-A-Wish. So thank you. And thank you for granting all these kids their wishes or being a part of that experience. My pleasure, guys. Thank you so much. And uh, thanks for letting us tell our stories. I'm always so impressed with some of the incredible things that we're able to do for such deserving kids. And this just mm -hmm. so beautiful, so inspiring. Incredible, incredible. So as we mentioned late last year, Radio Disney has ceased operations. And because of that, this marks our last podcast with the fabulous Candace. So I, I want to say, Candace, on behalf of myself and the team and all of our amazing listeners, thank you. You've been Thank you. and and will continue to be a huge, amazing, wonderful talent and a great friend. We are so lucky to have you as our friend. And I cannot wait to see the next chapter of your life unfold. Thank you. I've been nervous this whole time, like praying that I wouldn't cry because I tend to do that. But <laughs> this has been so special to me, guys. I just want you to know so... 
Yeah, not just for what I get to do, but the family that we have and each other and the team that we've created. So thank you guys so much. And thanks everybody for listening. I'm, I'm just thrilled that I've been a part of this each week. So thank you guys for sharing the magic with me. I'm going to miss you guys, but you know, who knows? We may meet again. Yeah. And you can find Candace on social and she is quite excellent in her stories and Enzo <laughs> are the cutest things ever. So really? Thank you. Candice, you you. really, you have been such an amazing co-host and and role model to me and more importantly, such a good friend and a sister to me. So I am sad to see you you go, but I am so pumped to see where life takes you next. (laughs) Thanks, guys. That means so much. I don't know how I'm going to do this outro now, uh, but here we go, guys. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to D23 Inside Disney. Don't forget to like and share this episode wherever you listen or subscribe. And if you want to chat with us, use the hashtag D23 Inside Disney. And for all the latest Disney info, check out D23.com. We'll be back next week with more Disney news and a fantastic guest on an all-new episode of D23 Inside Inside Disney. Disney. Thank you.